Hello, hello. Hello from me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, hello, y'all. I don't know what came over me. But we are back with another episode of After 25. We're back and we're better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've done an episode. I really wish we were coming back on, on some, better note. yeah, slightly like better terms and subject material. But here we are. We're back. Just saying what we have to say and sort of processing. And I think it's appropriate for this podcast too, because I think that we acknowledge that. As we've gotten older, we've come to different understandings of ourselves, mm-hmm. but we also function in this world as black women. Mm-hmm. And also, as we get older as black women, then we come to different political understandings and process various political moments. Yeah. And this past week has been like a lot of processing, a lot of honestly self talk. Mm-hmm. My neighbors probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> In some regard, I feel like I, I have the letter I got from my downstairs <laughs> child. I feel like I haven't fully found like all of the words mm-hmm. for everything that I have to say and want to say. Um, but yeah, like I guess we're just gonna process it together and talk mm-hmm. it out. So, and that's the purpose of this episode. So, this is a very free flowing episode where we're just going to have a conversation. All of our episodes are pretty much conversations, but I think as of lately, we've been trying to follow more of an outline. Well, this will honestly just be a conversation of us processing all of the recent events. There might be times when we get a bit repetitive, so excuse us for that. Right. Just bear with us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, where do we begin, right? Um, I think we've all kind of been keeping up with news. Mm-hmm and recent events of what's going on and I mean I think some people would say that this all started with Ahmaud Arbery some people would say it started with George Floyd and then there are a lot of us that would say like this started 400 years ago quite frankly mm-hmm. and this has just been a buildup of disrespect disregard for black life mm-hmm. mixed with increased consumption of black death Mm-hmm. that I think has brought us to where we are now. So I think it's interesting. So I have a lot of thoughts around this. Mm-hmm. So black people get killed by all the time. All black the time. people get killed by police all the time. All the time. Black people get killed by the system all the time. And I think that for one, it's interesting the black death that causes outrage and the black death that doesn't cause outrage mm-hmm. because every other week we're hearing about black trans women who are killed, but we haven't seen this massive support towards or this massive outrage mm-hmm. in defense of black trans women being killed. Um, and and I, I'm not saying that to like silence any other, other just anything right. like that. That was just one thing that had popped up in my mind. Another thing too, I think that the fact that this outrage is popping up around COVID as well is very interesting because if you think about this 
and honestly, a number of people saw this coming, but I think that some people still have still believe that pandemics and diseases are not discriminatory mm-hmm. and think that just because on an individual level anyone is susceptible to get it means that the effects of it will or that the devastation is equitably distributed mm-hmm. but even prior to um even prior to the Ahmad Arbery video being shared even prior to the Breonna Taylor murder, even prior to the George Floyd murder, we had all the news of black people and poor people disproportionately feeling the effects of Mm COVID-19. So you have to take into consideration all those deaths and suffering, plus all these public deaths and suffering at the hands of, and to me, all of it is state-sanctioned violence or... Well, definitely all of the police killings are state-sanctioned violence. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I would say... The medical violence at the hands of the medical system feels state-sanctioned to me. I think you could argue with state-sanctioned because there is, throughout America's history, honestly, just a complete lack Mm -hmm. of first acknowledging Mm -hmm. and then addressing the discriminatory practices and policies that put the health of black Americans in the state that it is. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you look at the lack of action taken on behalf of the state or the state's lack of action, then the argument could definitely be made that in some regard, they're all still, it's all still state sanctioned violence. The root of it is still the same racist system. hmm Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, that has really made, like, not specifically for me, George Floyd's death. I think it, within 2020, just as a whole, has mm-hmm. been, like, this year of just boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, 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 like... If you just want to look up the timeline of 2020 and all that it has thrown at us thus far, and we what are in the last day of May, like it's still technically not even June. I'm just not about to run through that whole list because, okay, it's just like trying to deal with all of the hits mm-hmm. and then being isolated in your house mm-hmm. or not not everybody's not isolated but even the idea that you just can't freely roam like you would in a time of COVID-19 like we have done years prior you add that to it and people can't mourn like we would mourn right and then for all of us that are still working like you add in this level of professionalism that you have to maintain when you just like I'm mad as hell, dog. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not in the space to sit here and try to be professional, remain intact. Like, it would really be nice to just for y'all to leave me alone for a few days mm-hmm. and say, hey, we can acknowledge that you're going through a lot. Take a few days off. But it's just like, you don't even get that. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it, life goes on. But still, it's just like, that's another hit. Of just like, okay, well, I'm still out here trying to function in everyday life while I'm t- trying to mentally process everything else that seems to have stacked up on my plate. And I think that it just diminishes 
it diminishes that violence. Like, it's not... It's so dehumanizing to see... To not only see someone lose their life off of being profiled in a certain... Lose their life off of their skin tone, but then have to defend why your skin tone should not be a reason for you to lose your life. I think on that regard, that was one thing that I really struggled with over the past week, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like... I wasn't as moved to action this time mm-hmm. as I feel like I have been in the past because I felt like I was watching these petitions, right? And when mm-hmm. it was Lamont Arbery, I was like, okay, I'm just I'm gonna go ahead and sign it. Sign it. And then Brianna Taylor hit, and I was just like, that one to me really hit different. Mm-hmm. Because here you have this woman, EMT, in her house. In her house sleeping minding her own business and life gone and so not only do i see the black woman in me but i see the medical provider in me right like she's a first responder like i'm starting to see all of these different similarities and it's just kind of like if i can't even feel safe enough to sleep in my own home like how am I supposed to maneuver through my everyday life if the place that I've built as my sanctuary is no longer really that? And so I think then you added on George Floyd and I was just kind of like, okay, this is really becoming too much. And then the now petition, Tony McDade. Tony, even before, I think Tony McDade really was just kind of the last the absolute last straw that mm-hmm. broke the camel's back for me. But before I had even found out about Tony, I was in a really weird space of like, I just don't know that I can sign another petition, mm-hmm. that I can send out another tweet. Like, I just make another Instagram post. Like, I just don't understand why, in some way, my existence has literally been deduced to me asking you, begging you for basics. Mm-hmm. Like, please see my humanity. That's that's basic, mm-hmm. right? And then when you do have these instances of violence, it's like, well, can you at least please do the bare minimum and arrest them? We aren't like, let's... For me, I really had to break that down because I was like, we aren't even off the rip asking or demanding for prison time. We're literally just asking and demanding an arrest. An arrest. And it's just like, that really kind of started to weigh on me this time because I was just kind of like, I, I'm, I am what feels like begging you every single time to do the basics and it's an uphill battle every single time we see that ultimately the only reason you do it is because there's a national outcry for it but if all of these voices don't come together to demand you do what's right basic let's just take right out of it to do what's basic Mm -hmm. then nothing would have been done. And even with Breonna Taylor, like nothing still has been done. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear. Nothing has been done. No one has been arrested. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, I think for this week, it really weighed on me of just kind of like, what 
not what are we doing here because I, I got the general purpose and I really appreciate, I think part of the reason I stayed on Instagram was because I needed to see everyone else working, engaging, and being active while I tried to unpack and maneuver through. I think Tony actually was the case that finally made me just be like, it's small, but it still matters. And so I started going through and like signing the petitions because I was like, it matters. And then also, again, seeing a tweet where nothing was being done with the Breonna Taylor case. And I was like, this, this is why it matters. But it was just a really... I think weird space to exist in because for the first time I didn't feel that rage like that initial rage I think the rage took a little bit longer to hit for me and honestly we gonna get into that later as like what really just kind of brought on the full rage but the initial phase of this for me was really just about like am I not a human do you like when you look at me, do you not see my humanness? And honestly, it doesn't help to be in Nashville. I'm not saying that while I've been here, I've experienced any like traumatizing event, but it doesn't help that when you walk outside of your house, you look at a whole bunch of white faces. It just it doesn't help me. And so it's just like trying to unpack that and like process it and fight through it and be like, this is why I care. This is why I have to care. This is why it matters was just a lot for me this week. But I mean, and then I think when I finally figured that out, it was the next hit. And then the next hit, this week has literally just been like hit on hit on hit on hit of realizations for me that have put me just kind of in a really, I won't say a weird space. I definitely think it's been uncomfortable. And from that uncomfortableness has come like a very sound growth and identity. But it it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like close to the brink, but not quite there. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just been a lot of processing. I surprisingly haven't really cried at all. Like, I think for the longest times, I just, I, I don't have tears to shed. Even when I find myself getting angry, when I find myself feeling the rage, disappointed, sad, just all those mixture of emotions, it's like the tears might come, but they, it's just like they've, so you're like my tear ducts are like we're tapped out. We don't we don't have it anymore. So yeah. I think that I'm trying to process my own feelings about it because I think I definitely felt that rage with Ferguson and with smaller events. I mm -hmm. think the last riot where I felt that rage was Ferguson. Okay. But in terms of just that ongoing rage, I felt that in the past. I don't know if maybe I might be dissociating a bit because mm -hmm. there more so been times where it's been... I've also done a lot to try and process my anger in general mm -hmm. so I think that that also might be a part of it as well because it's not it's not saying that there is an outrage but the initial effect isn't 
mm, I think I need to process my exact feelings around. I also have not... These past few weeks, I haven't been as connected to my feelings mm-hmm. as I have been in the past. So, there's that aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I also think that a thought popped up when you were speaking. I think that it's important for us to understand that within a movement as a whole, people have different roles. I agree. I definitely agree. And when we acknowledge people's different roles, we also have to acknowledge people's different capacities at a singular time. Mm -hmm. So even though you weren't the person this time around to sign petitions, share things, things like that, it's still... If we work collectively, there are people who are still doing that. Mm-hmm. That role is still being filled. Mm-hmm. And I think that we revolution is an ongoing thing. And that we also have to consider times when black people do need to rest. Mm-hmm. And when black people do need more healing spaces and things like that. So that it just doesn't... Just because we want the world to change doesn't mean that... While we're doing that, we need to exist, have a miserable existence. Mm-hmm. And on that note, like, before I really dwell where that mm-hmm. thought just kind of took me what you were saying, I want to start by saying this. As someone that is still very much trying to figure out um, my role in the world of activism and how I can use my skills, my mind power, etc., to contribute to the revolution. What I do want to do is genuinely take the time to thank all of the people that have dedicated their careers and their life's work to doing this work. Because honestly, even in this week alone, like, I think I've just found a newfound respect. The respect has always been there, but it's been a newfound respect within this past week because it's really just kind of like, this is emotionally taxing, mm-hmm. mentally taxing, physically, like ultimately your physical well-being is still attached to your emotional and mental. It is just taxing work. And so mm-hmm. to know that there are people that have dedicated their careers and their lives to doing this work I there's nothing I can say more than thank you and that you are appreciated that you are seen right and then even within that I think the other reason I say that is because Sydney and I've had this conversation throughout the week one thing that I've really realized is that I'm not in this space where my role is to educate the next person Mm -hmm. I have seen so many people providing resources, donate here, you know, like to all my non-POC friends, my non-Black friends. These are the readings you can do. These are the resources you have at your fingertips to figure out how you can contribute. I'm I'm not in that place right now in life. Like, I am in a space where Google is free. And, and I'm, to be quite frankly, especially if you're white, Google is free. Stop asking. Stop asking. I'm not going to say all black people because I can't speak for all black people. Like I said, there are some black people that are willing to sit down and have these conversations with you and help you unpack. I'm not one of them. Do not come to my doorstep asking me to help you unpack your emotional 
feelings, standings, well-beings related to a situation. Don't come ask me. Don't come knock on my door. I have nothing to give to you. Okay? Google is free. And find a space where there are people that that do have that for you. And I also think those people are critical. You know, like I, I've gained a a new appreciation really for what Sydney was saying earlier about there are different roles within a revolution and there are different roles that we all play mm-hmm. in the large grand scheme of things. And so to all of you that are playing your roles, I just thank you because there are some roles that I'm not in a space in life right now to fulfill. I can't do it. I don't have it in me and I'm not going to apologize for it. And so I think that kind of brings me to the next point that I really wanted to make and that I really kind of had to unpack through this week of there is no one right way. There is no one right way to protest. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of debate back and forth. You might not fundamentally agree with what people are doing, but I do find some problem with you not doing it right. You not doing it right. If we literally collected a list of all of the ways that aren't right, that are wrong, we are left with almost, if not nothing. And I've also realized, too, that some of the people are saying, this isn't the right thing to do. This isn't the right thing to do. That they're so hypercritical hyper of that, that it then leads to inaction. Where That's they don't true. do anything because mm-hmm. it's like, well, this isn't right and that isn't right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I operate on nothing is for your critique. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever want to hear an argument where people are saying that people shouldn't harm property in reaction to a life being lost. I don't care about your, I don't care about your Dior bags. I don't care about your Gucci bags. I don't care about Target. I don't want to hear anything about property being damaged when a life was lost. I don't care. Since we're here. (laughs) I want to start off by saying this. Capitalism and racism are intertwined. They have developed this. I'm not going to call it beautiful. Black people were the capital. They have developed this symbiotic relationship in America. And so when you are... Ultimately, in some way or another, regarding property over human life, you are upholding capitalism, which then perpetuates and supports racism. So, like Sydney said, my mom and my dad, we had a conversation. We fundamentally disagree on this point but we were able to have a conversation about it because i told them don't talk to me about a target about a starbucks about a gucci louis fendi or prada okay (laughs) yeah i yeah (laughs) i did i don't i don't care and i hear all of the concern for black businesses being targeted Um, it is extremely unfortunate. It is extremely sad. I'm not saying that I am in support of the destruction of black businesses. What I am saying is that property is property and stuff is stuff that can be replaced. 
human life and not even just human life but the constant injustices that black americans face day to day that we are not addressing causes irreparable harm irreparable harm and so my thing is i'm more so open to conversations of how we come together to rebuild and repair because i do still acknowledge and understand that it is harder for black businesses to rebuild and repair sometimes Mm -hmm. that the system is also stacked up against black businesses Mm -hmm. and so when you are destroying these businesses these properties these businesses these families these people behind these businesses face a different road to recovery Mm -hmm. and repair than your Target or your Chick-fil-A or your Starbucks. So that's, to me, the black businesses are a bit more of a deeper conversation than a different conversation. Just like I told y'all, don't come to me to help you unpack your emotional well-being. I had a point actually to say about that. So there are a lot of people who engage in that work Mm -hmm. but no black person is obligated to teach you about your racism or teach you about how your actions are harmful to them so if you ask the question don't get offended when your answer is google it because a lot of people do this work a lot of people are paid this is a lot of people's life work livelihood livelihood paid to do this work so just And it's dehumanizing to have to continuously defend your own humanity. At core, that is dehumanizing. Right. And thanks for saying that. Because when I said, I'm not going to say don't ask the next next black person, I did not mean that as a pass of like, yeah, go ahead and ask. Like Sydney said, none of us are obligated to help you do that work. Some people might volunteer. Some people might think that it's worthwhile work. And that's wonderful. They, like I said earlier, kudos to those people, but none of us are obligated. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that up and clarifying that. And so what I was going to say was just like I said, don't ask me that. Do not come to me talking about a Fendi Prada, mm-hmm. Louis Gucci, Dior, Target, Starbucks, Chick, don't come talking to me about it. If we want to have a long-term conversation about how we can repair and rebuild black businesses, you want to come talk to me about somebody corporation, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you to save your breath and find somebody else that's willing to have the conversation with you. Because once again, there might be people that are. I'm just not one of them. Y'all over here crying over Gucci bags, not realizing that Gucci not too long ago had that little mask, had that black face mask. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the connection between slavery and American capitalism. And you know, first of all, if this is or the how racism and capitalism are intertwined, you can Google there are a bunch of resources on that. Even just I was looking for this specific book, but even just Googling it, there's this Forbes article that came up that Forbes says the clear connection between slavery and American capitalism. And it's a whole essay laying that out. But the book that I would recommend reading is The Half That Has Never Been Told, Slavery and the Making of American Capitalism, which was published in 2016. Like there are tons of resources that can that can support that if you are actually interested in delving into that topic. How black elite people are reacting to this. 
Because I think that within... Something that's really disappointed me with a lot of people's reactions is that they're having these reactions and criticizing people and not acknowledging how their various privilege is not only affecting their experience, Mm -hmm. but how it provides them with a certain amount of safety that's not provided to others. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I did want to say too, as far as like the critique specifically of the riots and like, the looting goes is one thing that needs to be taken into consideration is that these are everything that you're seeing right now mm-hmm. is an explosion of frustration, mm-hmm. rage, mm-hmm. grief, um, just mounting disappointment. And so in general, I think we have to be sparing. I'm not saying completely like, void but sparing of our critiques of the manner in which people express all of those emotions yeah because there really is not a right or wrong way to express grief to express rage to express like it just manifests differently for different people so i think one of my challenges has been when i've been having conversations with people throughout this week is to stop looking at it looking at it as right and wrong Mm -hmm. and let's look at it as short-term actionables versus long-term actionables yep so right now the rioting the looting the protest the walking in the streets might be more so considered a short-term actionable and from that we can have conversations of how we make long-term action and enact long-term action whether that is the continuation of the protest walking through the streets the blocking the highways if it is like i was saying earlier kind of talking about how we do rebuild and repair those black businesses how we continue to make a point of you not supporting black lives is bad for your bottom line business wise what does that look like long term? What does it look like for us but, to ask for um, long term change as, as far as defunding the police, right? Like, what does that look like? If we want to have those conversations, okay, cool, but make them conversations about long term actionables versus critiques of people's immediate response to a situation. I think I just realized that I've really been feeling grief. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like, I think. Yeah, and I think I need to work on how I process grief. Mm-hmm. But I I was listening to what you were saying, and I do think that, yes, we do need to think about long-term and short-term. I think that it's inappropriate for people to police how, how the emotional reactions that people are having. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. And I think... You also need to give people the space to feel what they feel before you start jamming questions of solutions down their throat, right? Like the time to talk about solutions for the next event is right now after this one. But still give people the time to express all of those emotions. Like I, I But think- I also think that some people, because this is something that I've acknowledged, I think this is also what has led me to sharing resources. Some people process the immediate by focusing on the long term. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and I, you know, I tell you all the time, like my mom tells me everybody doesn't think like you. Yeah. So I think if that is how you process, then by all means, start getting your plan together. But 
there are some people, like myself included, I need space. Yeah. I need time to process what's happening right now. Yeah. Before you ask me to conceptualize solutions for the future. Yeah. Because I mean, like, um, I think the initial conversation I had with my parents, I was very short. Yeah. And I told my mom, like, I talked to my mom later. And I told her, I think part of the reason I was so short with you guys is because I'm still trying to process. And so when you're asking me, like, well, what do you do next? And what are the solutions? Like, I don't I don't have them right now because I'm just trying to process what I'm watching around me. So give me some space, you know, like, let me do my research. And then when I'm ready, we can have a conversation on the long term, which I think just everything we just said just goes back to that original thing of what we're saying of like you cannot police people's responses we all have different responses and i think we need to be gracious with each other to acknowledge that fact and then find the ways in which we can come together to enact what everybody's looking for as long-term change but still like give people that space mm-hmm. in that immediate response to like feel those feels work through whatever they have to work through and respect their process. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you always have to agree with what's going on, but respect it. Like respect is literally a, it's a basic thing that you can extend to someone else. Mm -hmm. So I think like, that's really kind of my biggest thing for just the outcry that I've heard related to the rioting and the looting. And the other thing I want to say too I want y'all to stop when y'all hear rioting and looting automatically associating with it with black people. Because if you're looking at these videos... It's white people. It's white people. It's a lot of white people out here throwing stuff into yeah. buildings, looting. So stop automatically saying y'all hurting y'all community by doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm not saying that there aren't black people participating. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when we automatically assign certain characteristics and actions to black people we also are upholding and perpetuating stereotypes stereotypes. and we have to acknowledge the role we play in that so so many thoughts off of what you just said (laughs) because i mean i just think it's important to say because it's a thing like oh that's so many videos of black protesters stopping yeah looting stopping the destruction of public property so when you see these videos stop saying black people we have to do better like no actually stop that yeah stop it because it's it really is not just black people it's really not so one thing that you said um previously of showing businesses that it's not good for their business not to be in support of black lives i think that having kind of just taking that position and this also this is also kind of informed by my anti-capitalism. I mm-hmm. think that just taking that position at baseline isn't as effective because for me, I feel like they should care about that period and just thinking that not caring about black lives is bad for business is then what leads to some of these superficial actions that mm-hmm. we see businesses take mm-hmm. of putting black lives matter on a shirt right. that they're going to sell and profit for profit. And I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I think there are a lot of insincere um, regards and prayers being sent up. And I think like that sentiment of showing them that it comes from their bottom line, honestly, which is 
not something that I like it's one of the things that I said I mm-hmm. feel like I hate is what we have to do but I feel like once again it's just going back to trying to ask for some basic yeah like I'm another thing that I've realized in this week is that you literally can't push people too far mm-hmm. and it sucks to say because honestly a lot of the things that I think I request a lot of the conversations we have I think we are asking for the most basic Things like we are not asking for anything complicated from none of y'all. It's really basic. But I've also realized that like people can only be pushed so far. And so I'm also at a space where it's kind of like there is some insincerity definitely. But when we are dealing with large corporations, Mm -hmm. how do we get them to and understand outside of what their bottom line is because Mm -hmm. I mean of course me telling you you should care because it's a human life like that's a given but clearly you don't so I'm trying to figure out like what language I can talk to you in that you get it you understand and unfortunately because we do live in a capitalistic society what I'm thinking of is that one of the only ways I can get you to understand yeah which sucks to me. Like, I it, I think that is trash. But I think that is just, like, one of the realities. I agree with that. I think, I think that sometimes my asks more so go towards fundamental change mm-hmm. rather than just, just the basics. Because to me, well, I think that the principles are basic, that mm-hmm. we should respect people that we should respect black lives is a basic principle Mm -hmm. but i think that unfortunately we live in a system where to respect basic principles we need fundamental hard changes Mm -hmm. yeah and i i agree with you and this is why i'm saying i think conversations can be had because even between sydney and i like we fundamentally want the same thing. Yeah. I want a fundamental system shift. Like, yeah. I do. And I think for us, the way we conceptualize how you get there is different. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, this is what I'm saying. Why like, conversations are okay. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong answer. And when we start throwing out right and wrong, you make people defensive. Mm-hmm. And conversations shut down. And so, even from a conversation we're having right now, you see two different perspectives of how to get to the same end goal. But not even just that. There could also be a negotiation. Or or you might just get the other person to fully understand where you're coming from and say, actually, I do like your action plan better. Mm-hmm. This, so, was, this has been something that I've been thinking about, too, in general. When we're having these conversations, I think that racial violence triggers a lot in people. Yeah. And that sometimes, and granted, I'm not going to care if I'm reacting to what's triggered. Honestly, I'm open to having these conversations with black people. <laughs> oh, Other true. people, no, that's what I'm saying. Other people, if something gets triggered and I react a certain way, depending upon the mood I'm in in that state, we shall see. We shall see what happens. But just what I'm trying to say is that in general, People have varying experiences. People have experienced different traumas. And I think that sometimes it's important to focus on what the other person is trying to say for the end goal as opposed to reacting to what might be triggered within yourself or what trauma might be Mm -hmm. activated. And even with that, too, that's why I would say I think you need to give people the space is because Mm -hmm. what you also have to acknowledge is that if I'm in the middle of experiencing my trauma, 
I might not be open Mm -hmm. and receptive to what it is you have to say in that Mm -hmm. moment. And so that's why I'm saying, like, sometimes you just have to give people space. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just, I just, I just. Something else that I was thinking of, too, while you were speaking, um, dang, I feel like I lost my thought. Ah! See? She just. Uh, It's just. I feel like I lost my thought. Uh, System dismantlement space. No, that's not even where I was going yet. Okay. I'm sorry. Maybe it'll come back to you? Yeah, I feel like it was a good point. I've been losing my thoughts a lot lately. I just. (laughs) It really happens to the best of us. Uh, It happens. My sense of space and time are just not here. (laughs) (laughs) But. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think there are just like... Oh, I know where I was going. Let me when we're talking it. about people needing space to process things, at least I'm talking about black people. Girl, okay, exactly. you <laughs> know what I said earlier when I was like, do not come to me. When you... I, I'm not going to apologize for what I'm about to say. If you are white, I need you to come to me having done your own self-worth, know, work, knowing where exactly where you stand and being on the facts. And then if I tell you I need to holler at you another day, I'm going to need you to bow out gracefully and come holler at me another day. Like, But specifically, we're talking about this time right now of this stuff is traumatic and black people are processing at different times. Some black people might be more silent. I am not talking about white people who are seeing other races get killed for something that they're not that's not in danger to them and then being quiet because they're so sad to see the, uh, these other people dying yeah that's what i'm talking about if black people need to take a step back process more and things like that but for white people you are not in danger for non-black people of color you are not in danger and i'm saying non-black people of color because i acknowledge that there are black people who don't identify as african-american you are not in danger, so you need to say something. Yeah, girl, you already knew that was how I was Yeah. And this is another point that I do want to make because I think this goes, like, I'm not trying to... Okay, two points I want to make. Because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to all lives matter. As, that's mm-hmm. literally not what I'm trying to do, so let me start by saying this. For all you all lives matter people, mm-hmm. we have called your bluff. We've called it several mm-hmm. times, and we're going to call it again. Stop using that tired argument Mm -hmm. as a deflection and a means of silencing. If y'all really was out here all lives mattering, I would see some serious outrage for these white women getting pushed by cops in the middle of these protests. For these white men getting pushed and kicked. shot. I literally just saw a post of a guy that said his eye exploded because... um, did they shoot a missile or either a rubber bullet too close and it hit his eye? He was white. So all y'all, all lives matter. Like, we're calling your blood. Stop it. Because that's really not your agenda. That's really not your message. You don't really care. You're using it as a tactic of deflection. To silence. And to silence. Stop. Nobody wants to hear that moving forward. And every time you hear it, you come on my page with it. You get this post and you have access to my Instagram page and you come on with it. And let me be clear, I don't care if you're white, black, brown, Puerto Rican, or Asian. I really don't care. You're getting blocked. My block button does not discriminate. It does not. So just so we're clear on that matter. 
now y'all got me so heated with that all lives matter i forgot my second point jesus christ oh this is what i was gonna say on my second point and this is talking to everyone everyone yeah when you guys say poc i need y'all to understand that that encompasses different ethnicities and races it is not a mon first of all being black is not a monolithic experience poc for damn sure ain't okay so stop saying poc and expecting all of the people that you have clumped into that category to understand and empathize with the struggles of people that don't look like them that you still clumped in that category I think okay. that's why I've started using anti-black racism or anti-blackness as opposed to just racism. Because even separate from racism and discrimination, anti-blackness is a very specific thing. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Because I think I still say racist. But I like the difference. The distinction that was just made there. So, and I'm not, I'm once again, I'm not saying that to say anything other than what I just said. It does not mean... That everyone you have clumped into that category understands, cares to understand, or empathizes with the struggles of the other groups in that category. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, when y'all are talking about black issues, stop trying to be like, I don't understand why POC don't understand. Other POC don't understand. Like, that's not their experience. Yeah. So, stop trying to be like, I don't get it. And I can't. And I got. That's not their experience. A lot of people call it anti so a lot of black people are anti-black, but y'all won't talk about that. Oh, we're getting to that. We are. We are getting to that. <laughs> we're not there yet. But I we're getting told there. you the yeah. black elite. Y'all been showing y'all black bonds. You really have. Yeah. So oh, we're getting to that. But I did just want to make that distinction between black and POC because I've I've seen the terms used synonymously, and I think then that's in part where a lot of the confusion comes from when people are just like, oh, I don't understand why they don't get it. Or I don't, I don't understand why this isn't clicking. Or I don't understand thing, why you think uh, this. Duh, 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 duh. But I, I think that when I hear black people say that, I've, I've developed a little bit more patience for that mm-hmm. because I think that we've had access to a certain amount of education where we understand anti-black policies within different um, groups of color. Mm-hmm. And not all black people have had that experience. So they think that because someone else d- experiences discrimination because of their because of their bearing proximity to whiteness, then they should understand their discrimination. Well. And I agree with you, which is why I say like it's it's really a general statement for me. Because when I do encounter black people that don't understand where I'm coming from with that statement, I point out, and this is not a deflection. This is literally an example based off the conversation yeah. we're having. I point out black people that are anti-immigration and yeah. are supportive of anti-immigration policies. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so see how this is in some senses a shared experience of oppression and discrimination, but you don't fully relate. And so mm-hmm. as a result, sometimes you vote against support for immigration policies and that's just to use an example like i'm not trying to deflect but i'm just saying that to further prove my point you're providing point, an example of how even though both groups experience white supremacy 
groups experiencing white supremacy don't always understand these different iterations. Right. Thank you. That was so, see, I'm still processing. I ain't fully got the words. Cindy holding me down. So, yeah, like. I think we both holding each other down. Right. <laughs> we, we got each other. <laughs> but, yeah, just, you know. I just think these are all things that we have to think about. We have to be conscious of when we're having these conversations. And if you're willing to do the work to sit someone yeah. down and explain to them, then by all means, go for it. But I'm just saying, enter these spaces, enter these conversations with that level of awareness. Yeah. Um, so that you don't assume where someone is coming from. And even when it comes to white people, <laughs> don't assume where they're coming from because that's if i'm just yeah, being fully transparent like that's some work that i'm i am having to do and unpack and we can get into that like a little later too that is a very long conversation that's something i'm having to unpack but it is something that i'm constantly having to unpack and remind myself of and so also in that regard i do enjoy seeing pleasant interactions and moments of support during times like this mm-hmm. from white people because it is something I'm actively trying to unpack and work against. So, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Also, just one really quickly, this just popped in my mind. And I think it's really important for me to say too to all the people that are just posting complete randomness, Sydney might be mad at y'all. I thank y'all because I in the midst of like everything else is going on I still need just a small escape there was like that that young BBQ that's not what I meant about that but that was it I thought you were going to talk about the people who are also posting random looting videos for like absolutely attention. (laughs) okay we're going to different I'm talking about joy is important joy is important right literally just providing me with joy on Instagram that's like young young bbq is her Instagram oh yeah the dancer Mm -hmm. when she did that say loud I'm black and I'm proud rendition like I just smiled for the Mm -hmm. whole minute and I was like oh I didn't even know that I needed this but I needed this like I just needed to see some joy like mm-hmm. all the other videos i'm not gonna lie the protesters in atlanta that was roasting the police officer like thank you too i mean like i just laughter it really is good for the soul it provides a different level of therapy sometimes so i already told just, you that video y'all. that video of people dancing uh people in the bay dancing to the hyphy remix <laughs> Spring dance on top of their car. <laughs> that gave me so much joy. Right. Like, I just thank you guys for not like letting my timeline just turn into because the first few days, honestly, after two posts, I was getting off. Because I just wasn't in a space. Yeah. I just really wasn't. And so I'm just also black joy is not apolitical. Because I agree. We revolution is an ongoing thing. But like we said before, it doesn't mean that we, in order for us to stay resilient, mm-hmm. we need times of rest. Mm-hmm. We need joy. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, in my eyes, those things aren't nonsense posts. Uh, the only reason, so let me clarify why I said mm-hmm. that, because that was going to bring me to my next point. I specifically said people that are not posting anything related to that mm-hmm. or what other people Got I consider you. nonsense posts, because I have seen critiques of people not speaking out on their Instagram or their Twitter or their whatever, whatever, whatever. And that go, I think that also is an attack. 
Okay. Because I remember the first time I saw it, it was one of my fave celebs since childhood. And honestly, it kind of hurt my feelings because the space that I was in in that moment was like, I'm still processing. Mm-hmm. I I don't have... I don't have the word. And I know some of you guys are saying, well, it takes nothing to post a picture. But, like, understand when people are in the middle of processing, it takes a lot to post. Like, it can take a lot to make that post. And so, to see that critique, or the other critique I saw was like, oh, these people are only worth 24 hours. Like, they can't get a post on your timeline. And it's just like, what the hell kind of critique is it? Like, y'all honestly are critiquing any and everything and honestly getting distracted from the main point. You're out here so focused on what somebody posted on their Instagram. Like, if you're not going to... You don't know what people are doing behind the scenes. One, like I said, some people are really just processing and need that space. Mm -hmm. And you need to be gracious enough to give it to them. Other people are still taking other actionable steps. People are making donations. People are, you know... um. Having conversation, having necessary conversations Mm -hmm. with the people in their circle, the people around them, or even just random people in their community. People are out on the streets protesting and might not just want to put it on their social media. Like, that's another thing that you guys aren't considering while you're telling people you need to... I'm not saying you're telling people, but on some level, we do uphold this need to show what's being done. And the reality situation is you guys have seen those posts about you need to protect protesters identities yeah too so that it's just a lot of things that go into it and so i'm not saying like if you're posting one for some of y'all thank you i can think of the multitude of people that have been posting like i said earlier thank you because ultimately you were my move to action in a moment that i really needed it so i appreciate it but Come on, y'all. Like, we really got to stop the petty critiques of, like, oh, it's only on your story and not your page. Or, oh, you ain't said nothing all week. Like, but I extend that grace to black people. Because I'm sorry, if you're not black, I don't want to hear about how you need this time to process and you can't say anything. Mm -hmm. You can easily use your... Privilege is power. Mm -hmm. And you can easily use that power in order to do something. It's like seeing someone else have a cut. You don't have that cut. I don't want to hear about how you feel so bad about someone else having that cut. Use your power in order to do something about it. So I extend that privilege to black people. Mm -hmm. Or I extend that grace to black people. Mm -hmm. Other people, not for you. Which I don't don't know. And it could be one that I don't have a lot of, like, um, friends that really aren't black honestly like mm-hmm. i have classmates i have a few acquaintances but not that i talk to enough like that mm-hmm. maybe a few of my instagram followers but this whole thing of just like if you don't like if i gotta tell you if you don't i that tells me where we stand oh yeah. honestly and now what i will say i know you said you only give that grace to like black people i do also extend that grace to people of a certain age because one thing that I have noticed is like especially with kids that are like coming out of high school entering college or still in high school or still in college is that for them the recent events that for us were like we were a little older we processed them differently they were younger and you know the amount of shielding that they might have received in their household you never know and so I have seen younger white people take their time to really gather their thoughts and figure out what they feel and then make statements 
you know, or express feelings related to everything that's going on and not just expressing of feelings, but even like calls to actions and things, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just saying that I, I do kind of also extend my grace based off age because I think when you are even like 18, 19, even like those early 20s, those are really hard truths to swallow sometimes if mm-hmm. you're swallowing them for the first time. Mm-hmm. It can be a really hard truth to swallow of like, oh, snap. Like, I might seem naive for saying this, but I'm really finally just realizing it. And I I know what that feels like. Not, you know, from the white side of things, but I know what it feels like to have like a, oh, ooh, like this is really how the world works. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard pill to swallow when you're younger. So I do extend grace based on age two. That's a fair point. I hadn't thought about that. Because I've seen a lot of those. Like, I think the one that really broke my heart was Aoki. Because I... But also, that's a black child. So, that's what I mean. Like, in that, that's a black child who's accepting that her friends may not really care for her like they claim to care for her because they don't care for her blackness. Well, my... Okay, let me use my my little sister's best friend. He's white. Uh And he recently just made a post. Okay. In which you can tell, like, for him, it's it's finally becoming, like, a real realization of the world is different. It's just fundamentally different for me and so many of my friends that don't look like me. And I think what it was for me was I really watched him break it down. Like, you could come visit me at my home. And somebody called the police because they think you don't belong. And so I was watching all of these thoughts and realizations. And I was just kind of like, I could also, there's just something about your innocence. Innocence of a situation being robbed from you that I will always like sympathize towards. And I get that it's still different for black children versus white children. I definitely get it. But when that innocence is robbed, it's just like you never get it back. And your outlook on the world is just different for for it ever mm-hmm. which is necessary let me be clear it's necessary but i get how that is a it's a growing pain and it, it can be a really hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. so i did just want to say that too but yeah that's a fair point i hadn't considered um so we're coming up on an hour with this so we are going to stop this recording here and then go into a part two so stay tuned <laughs>